1994, Dr. James Dobson set out to answer one of life's most unanswerable questions, the question of human suffering. Why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? He called on his years of counseling experience to help shape the principles and precepts in this book. Although it is an excellent resource to shed light on darkness, sometimes human suffering still exceeds comprehension. But before Dobson wrote, Habakkuk wrote. Habakkuk wrote a short three-chapter book that bears his name. His book could have also been entitled, When God Doesn't Make Sense. He opened up asking God why he was silent when Habakkuk cried for help. Why did God seem to turn a blind eye to blind injustice in his day? Habakkuk began his book full of questions, but he ended it full of faith. Although precious little changed from chapter 1 until chapter 3, Habakkuk shifted his gaze from staring at suffering to staring at the faithfulness of God. When he did, he began to understand he did not have to understand God to trust him. Habakkuk's book and Dobson's book both point our faith in the same direction. When we do not understand God, we can turn our eyes on him and trust him. He may not always do what we want, but he will always do what is right. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. And good day to you, God's Word for Life students, God's Word for Life podcast listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry. I'm your host, and you're listening to the God's Word for Life companion podcast. I hope you had a wonderful, aisle-running, devil-chasing, sin-killing, chandelier-swinging, holy-rolling Sunday yesterday. And here is the lesson we were learning yesterday. If you missed it or even if you already heard it, this will be a good refresher. This lesson is dated August 15th, 2021, and it is entitled Rejoicing in Difficult Times. And we're going to turn to one of the minor prophets, but it's, in my opinion, one of the greatest minor prophets, though it is one of the shortest, Habakkuk, or as some people may call it, Habakkuk, as I called it when I was a teenager. Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. So if you have your companion podcast student guide. Just turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 1 in that guide, or if you don't have that, but you have the Word of God in leather bound or genuine leather or bonded leather or even on your phone, let's look at Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 1. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoil and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. And now we're going to look at chapter 3, verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigionoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known. In wrath, remember mercy. 
And now we see Habakkuk's gaze turned to the faithfulness of God at the end of the book. Chapter 3, verse 17, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. Now Bacchic turns from seeing the suffering of humanity to beholding the beautiful faithfulness of God. During the 1800s, the French general Messina, who served under Napoleon, arrived at a quaint, strategic Austrian town. He had 18,000 soldiers under his command. That's about the population of my city here in Mount Vernon. They busily began preparations to invade the town, take control of it. And the stunned Austrian cities were terrified by the approaching army. They realized they're about to be beaten, killed, sold into slavery. They have no options for outside help, so they laid down some plans for their counterattack. What are they going to do? What did they do? Well, stay tuned to the end of this podcast and you'll find out. But now let's take a look at Habakkuk. The first words we read by the prophet Habakkuk are the cries of anguish. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Throughout time, people have prayed the same prayer. In times of overwhelming circumstances and discouragement, people wonder if God even hears their prayers. They are left to question how long they will have to cry out to the Lord before he will respond. In our text, the prophet's cry is born out of understanding the times in which he lived. Judah was in total rebellion against God. They had forsaken his word and turned to idolatry. The few faithful who remained were being persecuted and oppressed. Leadership was taking advantage of the people instead of protecting them. They were actually abusing them. 21 years earlier, the eight-year-old King Josiah, eight years old, had restored the word of the Lord to the people. By this time, the land should have been filled with people obeying the word and reaping the blessing that came with that obedience. But when Habakkuk saw just how far the people had drifted from living by the word, he was greatly troubled and called out to God to deliver them. Now let me ask you this. How would you feel if you were Habakkuk or Habakkuk and realized that the people who should be the most blessed were among the most oppressed? And maybe you've seen that in your life, where it seems like the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. If you've ever felt that way, then you certainly know how Habakkuk felt. But before we think God doesn't hear us, read Habakkuk's story. The Lord heard Habakkuk's prayer. However, the response he gave is not one the prophet expected or completely understood. The Lord revealed to Habakkuk that the answer he was looking for would come through a heathen people, the Chaldeans. He went on to describe them as a bitter and hasty nation that God would use to bring correction to Judah, Habakkuk 1, 5 through 10. The Chaldeans are also known as the Babylonians and known their history was already known to God's people. They had their own sordid idea of justice. Their mounted troops were like ravening beasts trampling everything in front of them. They put terror into everyone's heart and took captives of every nation they conquered. No nation could stop them. They regarded their own power as godlike. And it was by their treacherous and dangerous hand God judged Judah. God used a heathen people 
to judge his people, his holy people, his should have been holy people. However, Habakkuk had to realize that the judgment of God was with purpose. Understanding that God's judgment has a purpose also means that people must also understand that there is a reason God brings correction. He is not some evil tyrant waiting to inflict punishment or retribution on his people every time they mess up. He does not watch our lives anticipating another opportunity to bring bad circumstances into our lives to get our attention. Rather, we need to realize that the motivation for God's correction is his great unending love for us. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 verse 6 plainly declares, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Some of you probably wish the Lord loved you a little less. But be grateful he loves you because he loves you to keep you right with him. His motivation for correction is firmly grounded in his love for us. Much like a good father, a loving earthly father, would never allow his children to practice behaviors that were detrimental, dangerous in their present life or future. But instead, motivated by deep love for his child, he will seek to bring whatever disciplinary action is necessary to change the heart and actions of his children. That's when the discipline of an earthly father becomes a gift. Now, do you see a benefit in looking at the difficult times that come into your life as a gift from God? As we explained in previous lessons, not all sickness, not all affliction, not all suffering is a result of our blatant sin against God. Some of it is just a result of us being alive in a broken world, but sometimes Difficult times that come into our life are a result of our sin and God is getting our attention so we can get back to him. Once Habakkuk understood what was happening, what the Lord was doing, he had a choice. He could surrender to that mindset that says there is no hope or he could begin to pray for revival and mercy. And we have the same choice. Whenever adverse circumstances come our way, we can choose to continue to complain and grumble with the Lord over things being the way they are, or we can come to the realization that God desires us to pray and seek his face for good to come out of the situation. The prophet Habakkuk was incredibly transparent with God when he said, Oh Lord, I've heard your speech and I was afraid. He was admitting that not only was there a fear of the Chaldeans attacking, but there was a fear that came from knowing God was directing them. You're not going to fight against God. We can struggle with mixed emotions when we realize our actions may have caused our adversity, and God is going to use that adversity to correct us. In moments like that, fear can overwhelm us and paralyze us spiritually. But in this case, Habakkuk allowed his fear of God to motivate him to prayer and intercession, always the right action. His prayer resounded throughout the heavens when he petitioned God, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known. In wrath, remember mercy. Think about that. In wrath, remember mercy. What a prayer request to bring before the Lord. He was basically telling the Lord that they deserve the adversity coming their way. God was justified. But he went on to simply appeal to the motivating love of God to be merciful during this justified judgment. 
Can you think of a time when you were thankful for God's mercy shown to you during correction? Each one of us will respond in some way to correction in difficult times. Emotions can spiral out of control if not responded to correctly. We can be overcome with fear, anxiety, even depression, and convince ourselves there is no way out. We must remember if we will rejoice during difficult times, and that's difficult to do, God promised in his word to be there for us. James chapter 1, verse 2 instructs us, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Seriously? Joy? Absolutely. And often the reply comes, but you don't, <laughs> you don't know what I'm going through, the situation I'm in. Last thing I feel like doing is rejoicing. I don't feel joy. But James is telling us, and Habakkuk is showing us, regardless of the situation we are in, we should rejoice. Paul instructed us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again I say, rejoice. If you don't feel better after rejoicing the first time, rejoice again. But whatever you do, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing is good for the mind, good for the heart, good for the spirit. In a time of deep discouragement for Israel, the prophet Nehemiah instructed them to go their way and eat the fat, drink the sweet. Apparently, he lived in the South. Give to those who had less than they did and do not let sorrow overtake them. Then he went on to give the reason they should rejoice. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. While the things happening to you and around you may rob you of your physical and spiritual strength, the word of God declares we will be renewed as we rejoice in the Lord. The power of the Holy Ghost is not only a transforming power, but thank God, also a renewing power. So let me ask you this. How does praising and worshiping God in a church service strengthen and encourage you? When during times of difficulty and suffering, two of the most difficult things to do is to not grow impatient or not lose faith. We must understand the situation is working for our good. Romans 8.28 tells us, and we've seen it on plaques and bumper stickers, and certainly we've seen it on memes. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things may not be good, but they will work for our good. That does not mean we do not wish it would hurry along and get the work done so we can move on. We're people, we're impatient people, impatiently looking for an end to our struggle or suffering. Our mind goes to work trying to find shortcuts, and when that does not work, we get frustrated, which can lead to disappointment, to anger, even bitterness. But Jesus reminded us in Luke 21, verse 19, In your patience, possess ye your souls. In other words, during those difficult times that try our patience, realize our souls depend on us being patient and letting God complete a work in us for our good. Often, our impatience and lack of faith become interconnected. As we become frustrated for the season to pass, we begin to lose hope and fear. It will never pass, but it will. We become like Habakkuk and begin to cry out to God, How long am I going to pray and cry out to you before you hear me? A lack of response from God can cause us to struggle to maintain our faith in Him. 
The physical view of our situation can block our spiritual view of the God who is in control of everything, especially our situation. Let us not allow a temporary circumstance that is actually for our ultimate good to rob us of an eternal rejoicing in the Lord. Do you recall a time when your impatience made your situation worse? (laughs) I'm sure you probably could, and I certainly can too. One of the greatest advantages of growing older as we serve God is the ability to look back over our life and see His faithfulness. In Romans 1, verse 17, we are told, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. In other words, as we go from one experience that builds our faith to the next experience that also builds our faith, we finally see God's work and righteousness in our lives. As we faithfully serve God and rejoice in Him in difficult times, He will strengthen us and increase our faith, even in the difficult times we create for ourselves, like Judah did during Habakkuk's day. God can still work those times for our good. As long as we do what Habakkuk did, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And let me finish our little story. The Austrian town knew they were doomed. They knew there was no way out. They were going to die no matter what they did. So since it was Easter Sunday when the army was coming, they went to church. That's always a good idea. In their minds, the only defense they had was to hope for a direct intervention from God. So they went to church. They rang the church bells, put on their Sunday best, and they worshiped the Lord. When the services ended and they opened up the doors, they discovered the entire French battalion had left town. It turned out General Messina incorrectly confused the ringing church bells for Easter service with what he thought was the announcement of the arrival of the entire Austrian army. Their lives were saved. The city was saved. They went on to live another day because they chose to rejoice in difficult times. If you're going through a difficult time right now, take heart. God is giving you another opportunity to rejoice in Him and see His righteousness at work in your life. And as you rejoice, you're sounding out for the rest of the world to hear that you're not surrendering, but you are looking for intervention, a miracle from God, and He's willing to work it. So rejoice, worship God anyways, ring the bells, confuse the enemy, and watch God come running and watch the enemy retreat. This is a good time to pray. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us to rejoice in difficult times and good times at all times. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the privilege to hear your word, to learn from your word. Help us to do what Habakkuk did, Lord. Help us to rejoice in difficult times. When we see oppression, when we see suffering, when we see the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper, help us to rejoice even and especially in those times when we create adversity for our own selves. Help us to rejoice when you are disciplining and correcting us to bring us back to you, God. Help us to rejoice. I thank you today for this lesson. Thank you especially for your word, for the prophet Habakkuk and what he wrote. I do pray help us to learn from it. Help us to live in a way that rejoices and sees your hand and your righteousness at work in our lives. I pray give us the patience Lord, and give us the forbearance to make it through these difficult times with our faith intact 
and be stronger at the end than we were at the beginning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the God's Word for Life podcast. Habakkuk is certainly one of my favorite minor prophets, and now hopefully you see for good reason. I hope you've been blessed and enjoyed this podcast. If, if you have, please share it with somebody else who could be blessed by it. Also, if you've not yet done it, just click on subscribe. It'll let you know when every new podcast episode drops. If you have not been to godswordforlife.faith, please go there. You'll find the new material that's just about to launch this fall. It's beautiful. The content is excellent. The design is excellent. It's going to be a great resource to help you in your relationship with God, your walk with Him, your discipleship, growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So visit godswordforlife.faith for a sneak peek at the new curriculum that's going to come out this fall. You will enjoy it. Next week, we're going to take a look at another minor prophet, the minor prophet Nahum. It's dated August 22nd, 2021 in the summer 2021 series, and it is called The Avenger. Looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.